All right, all right. Welcome to the Goat Milk Brownies podcast. Yes. So interesting thing. Today, Andy and I are actually in the same room. Holding hands. Holding hands, singing Kumbaya. Well, not right now. We already did that. Yeah. Now we're doing the podcast. Right. So um, (laughs) today's show, we're going to talk about how to develop flow. This is something that people ask us a lot, um, mostly because they see people on the Instagrams, right? Uh, Ryan posts videos of himself rolling around on the floor, Mm -hmm. doing things that apparently look cool. Mm. And apparently, yeah. yeah, So I hear, uh, if these people knew you in real life, they wouldn't think that. See me falling down the steps all the time. Jeez. Right. But I flow. You do. You, you, you fall down the stairs very smoothly. And I think (laughs) that's the thing that people want more of in life. Yes. Cause we cannot prevent steps. That's right. But we can prevent maybe some of the bruises that happen when you slide down them. There you go. Um, So people ask us if we're going to do a flow program. um, And maybe yes and no, Mm -hmm. depending on how you look at that. But the thing about it is what what do you mean when you say you want flow? I think that this is where people get hung up is uh, we have made flow programs. Right. Most of our programs are flow. Yeah, they are. Most of them are. Yeah. If you want to take it to that level. But the thing is, I think most people see this and they think I want that, but they don't know what it is. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about what is flow first. And then we're going to talk about how we go about developing it. Uh, Because I think the important thing is that it's more than just choreographed movements. Mm -hmm. It's not just doing things in a sequence, uh, but it's also not like some kind of uh, like mystic ability either. Absolutely. Right. Right. Okay, so, um, yeah, let's talk about what is flow and movement, right? Uh, The first thing is I think it's really important to know that there's no right or wrong way to move. There's no essential movements. Uh, When you look at flowing people on the Internet, most of them do (laughs) – most of them are doing the same shit, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. So – I I think it's really important to start by saying that there's no law that you have to have a flat foot squat. Right. You don't have to do crawling. You don't have to do hand balancing. You don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Just because everyone out there is doing handstands and squats doesn't mean you have to. No. Uh, If we all, you know, limited our vocabulary to the same like hundred words, it would be really boring. To have conversations, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with all this. So I think it's important if you're thinking about wanting to develop flow in your movement that you need to understand that you can draw from your own experience. So Ryan, Mm -hmm. you like what you like. What do you like using? Man, there's so much stuff. I mean, I used to do so much hand balancing stuff. I actually don't do a lot of that. But in terms of the hand balancing stuff, going from one position to another flowing in that way mm-hmm. and then also transitioning to the floor you like cartwheels you like you know a lot of the spinning and things we both yep. like rolling on the ground yep. and that's stuff that we still you know do quite a bit of i think though the thing is that just what you said it's it's not a single thing so a lot of people think and they see these ground based movement thingies and think oh that's flow right you know but like you said before it shouldn't <laughs> And it's not confined to one particular uh, movement pattern. Right. And um, 
Yeah, we all have something that we like. And yes. it could be standing. It could be, you know, right. anything that you want to do. Yeah. So, and I think that this is where when you're looking at people who are good movers or people who are skilled at, you know, flow-like movement, uh, what you're going to find is that a lot of them have a they're, – they're bringing a movement vocabulary from their own background to this. So you'll see, you know, some people have a capoeira background. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people, you know, Ryan – with gymnastics, gymnastics background. Exactly, right. Yes. Different martial arts, right. dance, yes. yoga, whatever someone's background is, is where they're going to get most of their mm-hmm. their basic material from. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, when you start following certain people on like the Instagram or whatever, you end up uh, you end up going into a sort of an echo chamber of yes, seeing the right. same people that are in the same little uh same bubble together doing yep. things. And you might think that that's all you can do, mm-hmm. but it's not. Uh, one of the best things about the internet is that you do get to expose yourself to things outside of these bubbles right. if you right. go looking for it. So, yeah, And I want to yeah. go a little deeper into that too, is as long as you go looking for it. And so that's, I think, the thing that can happen is we get sucked in and uh, we don't move outside of our own bubble. And so this was something, too, when we first were doing GMB, where in the very beginning it was, let's say, X. But then, you know, you and Jarlo were always like, hey, we need to expand this and look beyond just trying to show one certain thing. And mm-hmm. so when we first came up, for example, like with Vitamin, our program Vitamin, that yep. was really good because it wasn't just like, for example, my experiences. We also with your experiences and Jarlo's, things like that. So I think that's also an important uh, thing to do is – you know, move however you want, but also understand that there's also some really cool stuff out there that you can be doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and also just understand that you don't need to try to mimic a particular person or a particular group of people or a school of thought on this, because trying to be like someone else isn't really developing your own autonomy, isn't really developing, uh, you know, getting better at who you are and what you want to do. So flow is not copying like the way someone else moves. That's the number one thing. So if flow is not handstands and if flow is not like, you know, doing all these repetitive patterns that everybody does, what the hell is it? Mm. Yep. Right. Right. And to back up just for a second, I mean, um, looking at if you're talking, we're talking about straight flow. And this means that you already have... um, a handle on particular movements that you're comfortable with. You mm-hmm. can look at people and use them as inspiration. Right. But as far as copying exactly with it, that doesn't equate to flow. And so coming back to the question, then, so what is it? And um, smoothness of movement. Yeah. Right. It, you know, that's one thing. Um, it's, it's an attribute of movement. Yes. Right. And movement isn't limited to a set of things. It's, but the flow is what happens when like you were saying, you're so good at some particular movements mm-hmm. that they become very smooth. They can be continuous. Mm-hmm. You can improvise Imperfect. with them. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so that's really one way of looking at it is that flow is this, uh, this attribute of quality movement. Another one, uh, and this is where I think it gets kind of, uh, it, it gets confusing for people because flow is also flow can also be like a mental state, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Being mindful, being aware, being focused, 
uh, blocking out distractions. And so when we talk about flow, I think one of the problems is that people there's these two different kind of definitions and people try to conflate them together. And uh, it one, it makes it very confusing and yeah. very vague. Yeah. And two, it can make it feel like it's some kind of like quasi mystical state mm-hmm. uh, that you're trying to achieve. And it really doesn't have to be uh, because what we're really talking about in terms of trying to develop this is a quality of your own movement and an ability for you to have is really very, very simple in terms of how to practice and develop. And that's what we're going to get into in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Right. Right. So, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. But I also do want to say that, um, if you want to, you know, dive into really learning how to develop flow, we're going to give some pretty specific, uh, things to try here, but also we had, uh, episode a few weeks ago about transitional movements where we gave some very, very uh, specific advice on how to develop transitions. And this is where flow happens in between things, right? Uh, We also have a few things on our website to check out. Um, Look for the material that's out there. Uh, I think gmb.io slash flow. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's some stuff there. Mm -hmm. Look at these things. We also have our vitamin course. Uh, You and Mike Fitch did a (laughs) seminar Uh, and that is available also, uh, the flow seminar, uh, where you guys made some combinations and taught them. And we have all of that on video too. So if you want to learn this stuff, there's lots of material out there, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you should start with basic, very simple steps, how to develop flow. And we're going to tell you what those are right now. And by the way, just, you know, we mentioned those programs, but again, this can be with any movement out there. So anything that you see out there, um, use some of the things that we're going to be talking about right now in terms of how to develop it and then go out and try it. So starting off, first thing uh, when we're looking at how to develop it is you need to remember that it's. It's not just you trying to copy other people. I mentioned this earlier. You can use people as inspiration and whatnot. But the thing is, is flow is going to come down to your mastery of a particular movement and being able to use it for yourself. So what you're going to do then is you're going to look at building upon what you're good at. And let's say, for example, that there's one particular movement that you really, really like. You do quite a bit of it. Being able to just do it is good, but looking at how many different ways you can do it. And so something that I actually like to do is um, choose some of your key foundation movements that you have. And rather than just trying to string those together in the very beginning, look at how you can go in and out of that movement in as many different ways. Then you can look at, you know, testing that how well are you able to do that how smoothly are you doing it? are you aware of what's going on in the movement and then once you have that then you can start combining those movements together and that's where things really start to flow so it's not just a matter of stringing movements together it's how well are you aware of what's going on um, if your body is moving in one particular way are you letting your body continue to move into that way into another movement or is it still rough and so Testing things out, seeing what's possible, being aware, that's really kind of where it's starting with um, in terms of those movements that you already own. Right. And so this is really key is starting with what you're already good at. Uh, And 
there's a couple things in this. One is that, you know, this comes from your background and what you already have practiced. The other one is, you know, if you're not good at anything yet, well, yeah. then you're not going to yeah. be able yeah. to develop, you know, the ability to have mastery of these movements and to move with flow if you don't have the basics right. down. Right. And this is a thing where, you know, it's real easy to try to put the cart before the horse, <laughs> but you have to have a handful of basic things that you have down cold that you're very good at uh, that you can now start to put together. And so step one is definitely just get good at a few things. And it doesn't matter what those are. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. Just, just get good at them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then you start, you know, now that you have your foundations, you can start to sort of move in and out of them Mm -hmm. and learn how not to just, uh, you know, be in a sitting position, but move in and out of that position. And that's where you're going to be able to flow through that position. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's where the next step is starting to combine it with other movements. And this is where we get into transitions. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we had an episode about not too long ago. Um, but the gist is that, you know, every kind of motion, it starts, it goes and it finishes. Mm hmm. Right. So that starting and ending part is where it's going to connect with something else. And that's where you really need to pay a lot of attention to slow it down. Yeah. And make it smooth. Yeah. And that's where it is. And again, it comes back to that awareness. And if you're just trying to just hurry up to the next thing, then you're going to miss out on that. So, you know, we talked about this in the transition uh, episode. And Andy just mentioned you got a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you can always separate that movement and focus on the beginning portion of the movement, the middle portion of the movement, the end of the movement. And the end of that movement actually becomes the beginning of the next movement if you're really aware of what's going on. So that's um, that's. Number two, I guess you would say, is terms of like what to look at. Yeah. Um, and that is master those transitions. Right. And so the next thing is really to embrace your strengths and weaknesses. I know that we've harped on this a lot of times, not trying to do what someone else is doing, uh, but to kind of play your own game with this. But this gets really important when you have now started to work on transitions between a handful of movements, you're going to find that some of these transitions, you know, you have certain things that you're strong in, certain things you're weak at. You have certain areas of your body that are very flexible or maybe stiffer, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're going, you can try to fight those and try to put together transitions that, you know, are maybe too challenging for you. Or you can work with what you're able to do and you will find your own natural way to transition from one movement to another. So it's not about a right way to move from one thing to another and you try to learn that way and force your body through it. Uh, You know, you you can try to do challenging things and develop that, but... If you're really trying to learn how to develop flow and how to move smoothly, you should be working with what your body already can do, what is natural for you. And you should be, you know, if you have strength in a particular dimension, like Ryan's hand balancing skill, and he has a lot of upper body strength, you know, he can do these slow transitions from handstands, lowering himself slowly into, you know, uh, like a planche or some kind of something, right? He can do these things because he has that strength. So he would make these transitions slowly. 
I don't have nearly that kind of strength. So if I find myself on my hands, I'm going to be trying to come down quickly mm -hmm. and smoothly, probably yeah. into a roll or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? So this is using your strengths, understanding your weaknesses, and being able to use that to guide what transitions you choose, how you do these things, right? And this is a good lead into the next thing is, is looking at limiting uh, what's going on. And so you purposely limit yourself um, in order to focus on certain things. But the other cool thing about this in terms of limiting yourself is it forces you to get creative. And so, uh, you know, an example would be what we already mentioned before, where rather than just trying to string a bunch of stuff together, take that one movement and see how many different ways you can do that movement, uh, going in and out of it, uh, doing variations of it, and then also seeing what your body can do with it. So, that's just one example of uh, limiting uh, yourself in terms of looking at a single thing and trying to see how many different ways that you can do Right. So if you've ever done music or art of any kind, you know that putting limits on something can mm. you know, give you a lot of creative ideas. And so this is, this is really important. Just kind of a off, off the wall thing because this last week I heard this. Somebody took that Santana song smooth yeah, uh, and transposed it where it was all in whole tones and oh. the whole tone yeah, scale yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for yeah, those yeah, of yeah. you who are not music nerds, the whole tone scale is something where it's basically, it's all full steps. There's no half steps. And so the interesting thing with whole tones is that it really doesn't go anywhere. There's no tension and release. Uh, and so if you listen to a song that's played in whole tones, well, it sounds like crap usually. <laughs> but uh, like Zappa loved whole tones because uh, since it don't really go anywhere of themselves, it gave him a lot of creativity to – there were very few wrong notes then, yes, right? Yes, right, right, right. Or actually yeah. literally half the notes were wrong, half the notes were right. You know, so it basically it opened up the playing field. And so he loved playing with whole tones because of that. And so where I'm going with this – is one, don't go to SoundCloud and search for Santana's smooth and whole tones because you'll hate it. Uh, two, purposefully limiting what you do, it makes a lot of things wrong, but it predefines what's right too. So, yeah, yeah. you know, a uh, tangible example of this is uh, Ryan used to do a lot more hand balancing stuff. Yeah. And uh, I remember when you were in Hawaii one time, uh, you were, you were doing some flow in the park. Yep. And, yep. uh, what I noticed is that anytime your hands touch the ground, you would instinctively kick up into a handstand. Right, right. And so I challenged you then. I to, remember that. Yep. Uh, to not put your hands on the That's ground. That's right. And, and it was, I remember that challenge and I spent a lot of time working on that and that was great. And yeah. so that was, a, that's an example too of, of even taking it further beyond just looking at one movement is is creating a theme, right? Mm -hmm. And so what you're going to do that I remember that was really really good. And yeah, I think, and I just want to say too, like creating these limitations, I think is 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 one of the biggest things that's going to help you to actually get creative. And so you can have a lot of different movements in your movement toolbox, but but really limiting things. And forcing yourself to only look at one or, or, or even just two things within um, what you're doing there is, is that's where creativity is going to happen because you're going to learn so much about what you can and you can't do. Mm -hmm. And then what you're going to do 
is say, okay, what do I need to do in order to figure this out? And, and that also makes it a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing that will really help you in trying to develop flow in your movement is, uh, as you're working on transitions, as you're, you know, experimenting with things and you're trying to find your body's, you know, natural strengths and weaknesses that will help sort of guide the direction you go is you're going to find places where you have resistance. And some of these, uh, might be where, you know, you can't push through them. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but some of them, you might find that there are, uh, there's resistance where you can work on reducing it. Right. Uh, and that will open up your ability. So mm-hmm. examples might be like tightness. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you have like tight shoulders, mm-hmm. uh, you know, starting to do things with bridge work is going to be probably not accessible to right. you at first. So exactly. you're going to have to find other ways to mm-hmm. move, but at the same time, working on opening up your shoulders, being able to improve that as you are practicing, you know, other things is going to give you more options. Yeah. So reducing the resistance due to stiffness gives you more options, right? right? And I had to do, deal with this too is when I broke my ankle and I was coming back into this. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had to relearn so much stuff. The cool thing was is because I was forced to limit what I could do, I had to work around that. And it actually improved my flow down the line because – Again, I had to not just relearn things, but actually look at things in a different way in order to be able to do that. So working around that tightness um, actually helped me. Yeah. Uh, So another form of resistance uh, when you're trying to do continuous movement is just decision lag, making decisions. If you're trying to think of what to do next, it slows you down. Yeah. Right. So there's a couple things that go on here at the high level. You know, the goal is to be. Uh, able to improvise these things mm. so you don't have to think of what to do. You just, you know, it looks like you're just naturally falling into the next thing yeah. because it's it's just there. Yeah. And this is probably one of the things that everybody sees that's so attractive about, you know, this, you know, movement flow is you see somebody who's really good at it, somebody like, you know, Ryan, who is able to just improvise and move from one thing to another uh, and not have it all planned out. And you can see that it's not a choreographed thing, that they have the ability and the freedom to just be able to do stuff. And most people cannot do this, and that's why it's very attractive. But the thing is, is that you don't just jump to improv. Right, that's what it comes to, right. So you can't do that. So how do you reduce that decision time in the short term? And the answer is patterns. Yes. answer is patterns. Put patterns together, work on these patterns, you know, if you if you decide that you're you're going to go from you know squat to a frame to shoulder roll, mm-hmm. if that's a pattern that works for you, whatever it is, get really good at that, and then you that's like two times that you don't have to think what to do next. Absolutely, and you you're automatically going to know not necessarily what comes next, but what will come next for you. Right. Yeah. And then once you have that down and you're able to string things together, then you can go back. You can start exploring that pattern even further, looking at other ways. And so the flow starting with that one movement, combinations of movements, full strings of combinations, and then going right back to the beginning and look at seeing how you can change that up. So it actually becomes pretty endless, which is a pretty cool thing. 
And um, yeah, if you look at sports too, in basketball, I'm not a basketball player to be honest. I'm not really even interested in it. But simply the fact, like watching, if you watch, you know, someone who's really good on the basketball court, they flow. Why? Because they've spent so much time focusing on their movements, on on knowing, okay. If this is going to happen, then this. And they have this awareness of their body. It doesn't matter if it's basketball or any sport out there. That's just what it is. So um, if you're listening to this and there's other things that you're also interested, just remember it's not just about these these silly movements that we do on the floor. Right. It can be related to literally everything out there. Yeah. So patterns, learn patterns, practice them, and that can help reduce the resistance for decision. The other thing that can you know, add a lot of resistance to your flow is uh, endurance. Yeah. Because if you're moving constantly, right? I mean, continuous movement. Well, how long can you do that before you get tired? Yeah. And this is a huge one that I see with a lot of people who are just coming into this. And, you know, they say they want to flow and things like that, but they do not have the endurance to be yeah. able to do that. And so how do you do that? Well, you just start off with one movement pattern and you do it. You take a break. You mm-hmm. do it again. You take a break and you get to the point where you, where you're, where you're able to build up that endurance. And it's like anything, you know, you, you just got to do a little bit at a time and work up to it. But working on your endurance is really a big thing that's going to help you to be able to develop your flow. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, to try to keep in mind when you're doing this. But, you know, one of the really most important things is finally just to, to make it be fun because yeah. Yeah. that's how you're going. You know, the whole point of this is to enjoy it. Right. Uh, yeah. A lot of people know, forget that. They get yeah. so focused on, oh, I got to do this. No, you don't right. have to do shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. What, what we're after is being able to do this stuff and really enjoy it. Have fun with it. Um, Andy and I, last night, we went to a concert and, you know, it was just so incredible, not just because the guy was so good at what he did, but he was loving it. He yeah. absolutely loved what he was doing. And it was flow. We were watching this guy flow on stage. Yeah. And and that's what we're after with everything is being able to really enjoy it. Enjoy it. Get to the point where it just ha- almost happens naturally. Yeah. And we're not saying that, it, it, you know, practice won't be work anymore. Right. It, it is. is. It it's is. Work. It's work. But yeah. – you have to you have to enjoy this stuff. Yeah. You have to be able to have fun with it so that, you know, because otherwise there's really no point. But fun is one of those things that opens the door to, you know, talk about flow as a mental state again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun is one of the things that really puts your brain in this place where it's open to new things, to experimenting, to trying things and to finding new options. That's where creativity is going to come from. That's where when you are able to begin improvising more, being able to enjoy it is going to let you put put your mind in a in a frame where you can come up with different things that you probably wouldn't otherwise. That's right. So fun is, you know, an important aspect of this. Uh, so don't forget to enjoy your practice. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is all sort of tied in with a lot of the things that we teach at GMB. You know, you can look at some of our programs and you think, oh, elements, well, it's just crawling, right? <laughs> well, kind of, but it's crawling, you know, in a certain way. We're practicing things and we're practicing basically just as we talked through this, 
you know, building the yes. foundations, yes. starting yes. to put them together, working right. on the transitions, mm-hmm. uh, limiting things yes. so that you can be creative with that small set of skills, right? And building up your endurance, removing the resistance by increasing your mobility and strength, right? All of these things, you know, that's part of what we're doing yeah. is the practice and the play and the awareness. And also, uh, the fact that we specifically make our videos, uh, and this is true if you look on all of the free stuff on our website too, we don't really do follow-along workout no, videos. No, no, no. The videos are designed to teach you what you need to do, so then you turn off the video and then practice. If you're following along with a video, you're not going to be able to focus on your movement well enough to work out the kinks and make it smooth, right? right? And you're definitely not going to be in a flow state while, you know, you're watching some jackass on YouTube. Exactly. So this is all stuff that's been built into the way that we teach, you know, pretty much all along. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, just go a little deeper into it. It's just like having a mirror when you do a martial art. In the very beginning, yeah, it helps to see what's going on, but you want to step away from that mirror and, and not use it as soon as possible because it's just going to bring better awareness into your body of what's really going on. So, yeah. Uh, but you do need a mirror if you're doing bicep curls. Oh, in the squat rack. That's pretty much uh, it's a given, man. It's, it's a law. <laughs> it's a law. Uh, so the main things to think about with flow is just remember that it's not one thing. Uh, you know, we talked about a lot of sort of pointers, but if there's if there's one that was maybe most important, it's it's to slow things down, yep. focus on very basic things. Uh-huh. That's, that's two things. Sorry. <laughs> well, what we can let's say it this way: focus on awareness, and how do you do that? Slow things down, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Um, and yes, we we do have a program for this called Vitamin that uh, just so happens to be very good. Yeah, I know it will surprise yes. anyone listening to this to hear me say that I think our program is good. But Vitamin is the the interesting about Vitamin is that. The whole point is that every day you do something different. Yeah. And so what it does is it kind of builds up that vocabulary of basics and then helps you start to put them together in combinations. So it can be really helpful for people that are trying to sort of build their own uh, movement style, build their own flow and figure out sort of how to get started with that. Vitamin's a good option for that. And as you work through that too, the the cool thing that we find with people, and it's almost like, you know, we thought of this, is that by the end of the program, you actually, the way that you look at things changes. You're more open and you're seeing options in there and allowing yourself to explore because really that's the big part of this is exploring the possibilities that are out there. Right. Uh, Yeah. And again, if this is a topic that you're interested in, and I mean, if you've listened to us talk for this whole episode and you weren't interested in this, you aren't very smart. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Better stuff to do with your time. Right. But so if you are listening to this part of, you know, the end of this podcast, remember uh, to check out the other episode that we did on transitional movements that went into a lot of detail on things that are helpful for this. Um, So, Ryan, let's give everyone one kind of very simple flow experiment that they can do. Yeah, cool. So we already talked about this. Let's limit 
the, your options. Okay. So what I suggest you do is first you choose one movement. It really doesn't matter. I mean, this can be, as I mentioned before, like something else you're doing in your life, like walking down the street. It really doesn't matter. But, um, it could even be like getting up from sitting on the couch or something like that, but choose one movement and then see how many different ways you can get in and out of it. And then once you're able to do that, see how it would flow into another movement. So rather than trying to decide exactly what that next movement's going to be, first focus on limiting yourself to that one movement. See how many different ways you can get at, in and out of it, and then see what it le- and see what happens leading into another movement. And that's it. Cool. I am going to practice my fridge opening, beer can getting flow curls. That's right. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you.